Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Divine Mind Group Community Call and the Orion Mind School of the Prophets. I'm Jim Davis, your moderator. Today is Sunday, the 17th of December, 2017. Tonight's speaker is Gary Ray, which is also known as the White Wolf. Whenever you're ready, brother. We're ready. Okay, I was uh, just finishing up. uh, uh, I got a little bit that I'll throw in, and I've already got the talk to chat line call set up. I'm I added a bunch of videos on it. Some of them you'll probably like, some of them you may not. Uh, but the thing of it is, is that, um, folks, I'm telling you, there's an old saying, I think we're at the quiet before the storm, and I think that all this dang media bullcrap that's going on is to keep the people distracted. And, um, Government don't never tell you nothing. They, uh, government really looks out for government. It's just that's the way it is. And, um, very unique things are taking place right now. And, uh, there's just no telling, um, what all is going to occur. Um, this business out in California with the wildfires. I mean, um, let me tell you something. That is a that's a strange blame fire that's taking place out there. And uh, knowing some of the things about the transfer of property due to the fact that the U.S. owed two trillion in gold and couldn't deliver, and so there was a transfer of property, a seeding of property, from what I understand. I haven't been able to totally prove it all, but um, there's enough stuff going on. I've known that the Chinese have had control of the Presidio shipyards and uh, machine tool uh, um, capabilities for many years. So, um, like the fellow said, I don't know if you can speak Chinese or not, but you might better uh, kind of brush up on little egg foo young, you know. Um, there's all kinds of things that's taking place. And, um, um, you listen to Trump? Go ahead. No, this is Jim. I don't know if you saw on the TV today where they were showing about, uh, they admitted about the UFOs on the news today. The government came out and said that they spent like $22 million to do research but they had videos they showed on the uh, the the news today, and they they're saying that they need the Congress is telling them they need to bring out everything they have on you know extraterrestrials and uh, UFOs. 
Well, I've, I've read a lot. I've seen a lot. I know about the 900-mile ceiling. And um, you've got geocentric uh, terminology in reference to the to the Earth, and you've got uh, ellipsoid uh, to the Earth. The ellipsoid details the flat Earth, and this is part of the government's classified stuff. So somebody is hiding something, and um, here is the deal. Werner von Braun said that the last event would be an ET manifestation. Ronald Reagan made a statement. He said, our differences would disappear if we were faced with an outside threat. Even if there isn't, they will manufacture one. And they've done this the sinking of the main. I mean, God, every dang war we've been in has been a shake and bake piece of BS. <laughs> and um, I've been telling my children, and God, people calling me wanting to know how to get rid of diabetes, how to treat uh, or eliminate their blood pressure problems, get their erectile function straightened out, uh, eliminate uh, bypasses and... Uh, strokes and got everything you could imagine, cancer, um, and uh, I keep, you know, just telling them the, the old remedies, the things that we know that were work, that had worked, was in the Materia Medica, and, uh, but see, we've been sold the bill of goods. we become an enterprise-owned and operated society. We've been farmed in all of these various technologies of, of pharmaceuticals, uh, medical ease, uh, uh, schools of higher learning that aren't. Uh, hell, they won't even teach anything that challenges the status quo. So you couldn't possibly learn any damn thing at that school except the limited crap that they've got you learning. Uh, it's like going to a doctor. He can't cure, he can't heal. What the hell are you going down there for? I mean, uh, I may go to find out what's wrong and then straighten it out myself. Um, I went the other day to the uh, for the VA appointment to the pulmonologist, and they've done every kind of test, every kind of this, that, and the other. And finally, uh, they've done a CT scan, and they couldn't get over how far my lungs would expand. But, see, I've been breathing, Buddha breathing martial arts for a long time. And uh, my lungs will expand completely off of a normal, um, you know, lung scan. Uh, uh, I take the largest one that they have, and then I have to shallow breathe. <coughs> Excuse me. However, the doc looked at me, and she said, well, we've determined that there is a small amount of fibrosis in the very bottom of your lungs. And uh, I had to call that time and get right after that, and it was just, you know, basically nothing. She said, wow, that's really good. But, you know, we, uh, we're we going to have to uh, say that that's COPD. Ma'am, you can say any damn thing you want. I refuse and reject that damn diagnosis, and I will cure this mess. You got a handle on that? She looked at me, and she kind of nodded. 
because they have already talked to her. She should have Ayurvedic knowledge, and she doesn't. She's an Indian doctor, real nice lady. And uh, I've already dropped my blood pressure so damn low that it just shocked a mess out of them. And uh, when I told her this here, she knew automatically that uh, she acknowledged. She said she knew I would. She said, okay, then you come back and see me in six months. I'll see you June the 11th. I said, copy that. And uh, so I've been steadily doing what I know to do. And, you know, other people keep coming in, different things. And uh, I've expanded my um, things that I will allow myself to eat as long as I know that they're from clean sources. Um, And, uh, I mean, there's things we're going to have to stretch our tent cords over because of the simple fact that, uh, um, uh, I don't know, I've had some of them say, well, I wouldn't eat this, I wouldn't eat that. I said, friend, if you get hungry enough, you'll eat damn near anything. And uh, they looked at me and they said, well, I wouldn't do it. I'd go without. And I said, well, you know, they got a graveyard out there. And I said, no, earth has enlarged itself. Hell has enlarged itself. And I said, but it was never intended to be so. I said, so there is a mechanism somewhere that you can expand your life if you understood it and practiced it. And they'd look at me, and I said, well, you told me you're a Bible believer. It's right there in the book, man. Don't you believe what the hell you're reading? And, uh, you know, and then they go to putter butter and this and that and the other. I said, well, here's the thing. If you don't like rice and that's the only thing available, I guess you're going to learn to be on a rice diet. And um, uh, one lady told me she hated cucumbers. I said, ma'am, if that's the only thing you had, I'll bet you you'd be smacking your gums on a on a cucumber. And she thought about it a little bit, and she said, yeah, you're right. And I can't stand them. Another one, she didn't like coffee. And I, said, I said, ma'am, I said... I, I can't help what you like and don't like. I'm telling you that if it comes down to a survival-type situation, and potentially we could have that. I mean, if uh, Rocket Man, as uh, Trump calls him, uh, um, lights a Roman candle over there and it pops over the Pacific or on the West Coast, um, it would create an EMT effect if it's an airburst. And, uh, hell, we might not have power in this country for 20 or 30 years. Somebody better do a little bit of thinking. And if you have that, you're going to have a nuclear winter. And if you have a nuclear winter, and we already know that certain things are getting colder at certain times, but the polarities of the planet seems to have shifted. And uh, I know, like, down uh, in the south here, where we're at in uh, East Texas and uh, southwest Louisiana, Things that we've been able to grow for years, hell, we ain't been. We can't grow them now. They, they won't grow here. Uh, things that we could grow in San Antonio won't grow over here. I mean, uh, just different things, you know. And um, the the Gulf is so blame polluted with the correction. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, the Pacific is contaminated with radioactivity. I mean, that's why your whales and stuff are dying out there right now. And um, your produce on the West Coast, somebody needs to start including seaweed in their diet. 
or taking nascent uh, iodine, you know, a drop a day to protect your thyroid and your bones and stuff. Because these things are real. I mean, uh, gee willikers, um, I'm not afraid and I'm not being uh, a fear monger. I'm just telling you that you need to look around. I mean, uh, and and do what you can do to take care of you and your family. Um, uh, there's people in Puerto Rico right now, believe me, uh, and they can't wait for the government. Hell, the government's already spent all the money it had to spend. Look at people at Harvey and different places along the Gulf Coast, all the way down to Aransas Pass in there. Let me tell you something. Uh, we're going to do it. Oh, yes, sir, it's easy to say we're going to do it. We're going to help you out. But let me tell you, when it gets down to where the rubber meets the road, you are going to have to look out for yourself. There are people that will help you to a certain extent, but, you know, you got to remember, they're kind of having to look out for themselves, too. And uh, tonight I'd like to share with you what has been happening in my world, so to speak. I hope it will be a benefit to you. And uh, I have been doing diligent search for ways of survival, at least the knowledge of how to survive and overcome in many areas. Some are based on hunting and fishing skills, bees, canning, and the how-tos of finding, taking, and cleaning and preparing these wild-oriented foods, berries, and gardening methods. I have a vast list of uh, topic videos in the sidebars when you get to the bottom, it'll say, show more. But for God's sakes, hit it and look at the rest of it. When you find topics that you like, do a bookmark. You can always go back and check them later, but um, I'll hit a bookmark and that one will come up. And if there was something on the other page that I wanted, then I just hit the reverse arrow, go back and get the rest of them. And so, I mean, I have got a repertoire of bookmarked uh, topics uh, that are survival-oriented and uh, various things of that nature because uh, people need them. And uh, anyway, these uh, show more at the bottom each uh, list or offering that you may be interested in or more interested in than these that I put forth, but yet they will spring you to these other areas. But nevertheless, the creator essence always provides for us. But we are instructed in the ways of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to assist us in prevailing and overcoming. Many may be the requirements needed to help you take care of yourself, your families, and friends that may require your assistance and knowledge. If this is not important to you, then please bear with me as I help others. Sickness has knocked on the door of many, and the availability to health care and medications may be in jeopardy very shortly. I have shared in the last three or so weeks recipes that may greatly help you to heal yourself. Words of art are being used to say one thing and yet mean another. Doublespeak has been going on a long time in this country. The topic that I decided on on the School of the Prophets for 12-16-2017 would be Volume 6, 0011-2017 SOP. And the topic was, Learn of me when there is calm. 
when calamity comes, you will not be able to know or find me. I'm Gary Ray. They call me the Wag Wolf. And uh, it goes kind of like this. A bear of the storm. Yes, go ahead. Let me mute everyone but you. That's up to you, brother. Lock it and clock. Go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Okay. Oh, they excuse me. I'll tell you what, I've been pretty clear all afternoon, and now all of a sudden it's starting to kind of stir up a little. But uh, observe the uh, storm and winds of doctrine that swirl about in the arena of the mind. Some call it the media. Whatever thou continuously behold before the creative womb of your mind, you shall truly create. You are the master of matter, whether you are aware of it or not. Should you, by deception or laziness and lethargic action, fail to comprehend and do, then you shall utterly fail, and you were and are the devil or Satan, the one that opposes you. You are your own adversary. Today, as we observe the restructuring of the USA Incorporated, this can become a very disturbing time for many who are unaware or unwilling to learn now in an opportune time before trouble can overtake you. Medications is a big business venture. It is not for curing and healing. It is geared only to income and symptom relief. That is where the money is located. In the scriptures from all over the world, it speaks to a ruler that will rule with a rod of iron, and he makes all, small and great, to bow to his will. Donald John Trump, President and Commander-in-Chief has the ability to be a blessing or a curse. He is used to giving orders without question. That is potentially the classic style of a dictator. His ideal style of government would be a military martial law form where he can openly direct and do as he sees fit. You must learn what to do to heal yourselves and assist others, or you will be eliminated in the coming months and years. If this time were not shortened, there will be no living human to survive. However, we can change that outcome, and we can become the physicians that heal ourselves. And so becoming, we will have to return to the true me the knowledge of the living essence of life and how to sustain that life in this physical body or we potentially could allow ourselves to be removed from this plane of existence. Several have requested knowledge of how to go about doing as Hippocrates instructed to let our medicine be our food and our food become our medicine. Diabetes, high blood pressure, heart attacks and strokes, kidney failure, liver, kidney, 
pancreatic conditions, fibromyalgia, all of these things can be reversed. But you must know the art of the peaceful and healing people. This knowledge is not taught in the schools of higher learning. They are actually the schools of enterprise. They do not believe nor participate in healing knowledge. It's against the law for them. Culpepper taught the knowledge of what is known of as the doctrine of signatures. Nature has provided us with the bounty of the herbs of the field, bearing seed within themselves, along with fruit, nuts, mushroom-type healing, and nutritive plants. Dementia and other memory and nerve-related diseased conditions are also reversible by the proper usage of nature's bounty. The government is planning on initiating a large tax on beef and potentially other animals. That's at the farm level and going to the store level. You're going to have to learn other methods of food, substance, and survival. Seafood is fine. But note where it is coming from due to the contamination in, say, the Pacific and the Gulf of Mexico. Also, farm-raised seafood due to the high toxic mercury levels. You may have to go to fresh water sources. And there are contaminated streams and lakes and rivers as well. <coughs> Alligator and needle-nose gar can be a excellent source of fresh fish for protein. They have teeth, scales, fins, and a backbone. They qualify as a clean source for food. They're easy to catch and clean, at least if you do as this one good ass does down here. Simple but very effective techniques and shortcuts. I've included that in there. I mean, that guy can peel out a guard faster. You can say, oh, man, go to the bank. They fry up good. They make fish and gravy uh, with vegetables. They can make a great gumbo, garfish balls, even garlic canned steaks. Uh, if push comes to shove, we must all be prepared to do whatever is necessary to survive and pass the true knowledge on. The divine mind incarnates continuously in each of us. We are here to learn and gain experiences. I spent the day looking for real-to-life teaching aids. If no one else listens or cares, then I shall do my best to teach my own, my own children, and hopefully those that are willing to learn. I trust you can sense the urgency in my voice and my words. Please share what you know with others. They are a willing, open uh, uh, those that are of a willing, open, and receptive mind, that is. The climate today is a me-too brain game. Some is for real. Some is for fame and gain. It is a two-sided street. Just at a time when we require each other, not a time to see if we can find a defect in another. Hell, we're all defective to a degree. Our girls, our ladies, 
will require interaction with others. They know a flirtation as opposed to a pedophile, rape, or sexual predator attempting to attack one of them. They also know what to do to them. Communication with like-minded folks will require a direct mouth-to-mouth communication. Cell phones, etc., are simply like putting a fox in your hen house. You already know it likes chickens. Be wise, be aware, and do what is necessary to overcome any obstacle. Good manners and social etiquette, if not practiced at home, usually fails when out and about. The practice would have made you perfect. Otherwise, you will have made yourself a failure. Politeness goes a long way. And knowing an opportune time is like knowing you can catch more flies and bees with honey than you can with vinegar. This class is to emphasize the importance of learning now, practicing now. And should the time come for action, you will be prepared. At least you will have an idea of what in the thunder you need to do. The divine mind within each and every one of us leads and guides us into correct actions and correct pathways. Please take these ideas to heart. I have many videos I have found for survivalists, weapons, good knives, crossbows, all of hunting and protection equipment. Those are easy for you to find. You already know where to look for them. can be very valuable in a time of tyranny and crisis. Otherwise, you get to join the Butter Knife Brigade. The choice is yours. Divide thy wealth, etc., into several pieces or even places. Food and herbal medicine knowledge is a very valuable commodity in times of need. Learn now while you have space and opportunity for once adversity comes. You more than likely will be too late. And the good you could have had will already be gone, taken by another that was listening, seeing, and fully awake. The doer is the one that is blessed and usually always overcomes. Knowing alone is not enough. And uh, down below, I just uh, put a list of video links. Um, I referred to them as telling them to either get a tent, uh, types of cooking utensils that are easy to use over a fire, maybe a solar oven, boxes of candles. You can get them at dollar stores, butane ladders, a few tarps, a nylon cord, a camp axe, possibly a wood saw. Uh, we just purchased a 12-cup stainless uh, coffee percolator for use over a fire and a stainless steel coffee and herb grinder. It'll grind down to Turkish grind, which is like a powder. It's manual because we use whole beans, and we mix our own blend. I think we've got three, um, at least three-gallon canisters in there that are just jam full of our blended mix. Um, hell, Starbucks can't get in our game. we got better coffee than they do. And... Uh, um, These are just some of the items that you might require. Extra salt, black pepper, large quantity granulated garlic canisters. I think we've got what those are, two-gallon deals. You get them at Sam's. 
Well, they went from sixteen dollars to thirty-four or thirty-six bucks a canister. So somebody knows that garlic is a healing mechanism for people. And brother, let me tell you, they're starting to jack the price on it. You don't want to wait. It's like with we bought gold when it was two and three hundred an ounce, up to four hundred an ounce, and people were squalling because it was at four hundred. Well, damn, it's over twelve hundred an ounce right now. I mean, I'm not uh, too upset. I remember I bought one ounce of gold from a friend, um, and uh, spot was eight hundred. And um, I went and peeled off eight hundred and picked up that Ozzy. And uh, B looked at me and she said, "Gary, that's too much money." I said, hell, I'll have it back before next couple of weeks is over. Bigger and deadly, you jump to uh, $1,200, $1, you know. Um, hell, I'm not losing money, but I bought it at an opportune time. And um, these are things that you might do. Um, a good first aid kit, and I mean a good one. You can go surplus stores and put them together. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, a storm is coming, and it will shake this present world and especially this country. If you think finances are going to stay the same, I don't know what in the hell you've been taking, but you need to get off of it and wake up because uh, this situation is fixing to go topsy-turvy, and it's not going to be a long time in coming. Um, if your cholesterol is high, a couple tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, you know, put a little water in it uh, with the mother, taking, uh, uh, like I said, with a little water at bedtime, and it will literally drop your cholesterol so many points overnight. And you keep doing that and use a tablespoon after each meal, wash down with a little water, and that will facilitate a reduction in diabetic conditions and start lowering your blood pressure. It will also facilitate waste, uh, facilitate waste, weight loss. Uh, these are old-time remedies that have proven their use over time. And beetroot wine is one of the very best for lowering, lowering blood pressure. It's a blood purifier. And uh, you can refer back to uh, Volume 6, uh, 0009, 2017. And I think that was about three weeks back. And there's a a deal in there. The only thing that I've done is I added one more extra rhizome of uh, turmeric root. And I went to three lemons instead of two. Um, and um, Gerald had come in and uh, told his mother, he said, Mom, that doctor chewed my tail. He said, my cholesterol was at 485. And uh, said he told me if I didn't straighten myself out that uh, uh, I was going to kill myself. And um, so uh, they called and they wanted to know, you know, what to do for cooking this, that, and the other. And so I told them to look up Robert Atkins' uh, protein and fat because uh, fat converts 45% to a carbohydrate source and eliminate his carbs down to initially maybe for a week or two, maybe three, say to 15 grams a day. And then after uh, that, uh, he might increase uh, after, say, in the fourth week up to, say, 20 grams and stay there for two or three weeks. And um, then go another uh, week or two, and he might go to 25 grams. I said, but when you hit 30 grams, it says you have this diabetic uh, type 2 tendency that's so strong right now. 
I said, don't go over 30 grams. And I said, it will predominantly help you control your diabetes. I said, because uh, Robert uh, Atkins was in reality a heart specialist, but he he, um, um, started teaching people about diet because of the fact that was the only way he could help them. And that goes back to uh, Dr. William Harvey and William Banting in 1856. And this diet has been called many things over the years. I mean, um, so, I mean, that that's something that I I instructed her uh, and him to do. And um, then I gave him a, a pint of my garlic uh, mixed with the raw honey. Told him to take a heaping teaspoon every morning on the empty stomach, and he could wash it down with black coffee. No cream, no sugar. I said, about an hour later, take a shot of that beet wine, because I gave him a pint of that. And um, I didn't give him any more, because uh, I don't know if he'll take it or not. You know, I mean, <laughs> you never know. Sometimes you can give people a... Uh, I, I was going to buy some equipment one time. I was going to pay two ounces of gold for it. And this guy decided he'd rather have $600 in paper money. So I gave him $600 in paper money and took it. It was like a $3,000 uh, um, brushless generator, you know, like you run a dairy on or something. Dang, they're brand new. And uh, I thought about it here not too long ago. I said, boy, I bet he wishes he'd have took him two ounces of gold now. <laughs> but nevertheless, you know, I mean, that's the way people are. They don't. They don't think enough and far enough ahead to realize what the situation is. But anyway, Jim, let's kick it back up, and let's see if we can get any comments or feedback on this. Okay, brother, I'm going to unmute everybody. Okay, um, it's done. Folks, you have any questions? Feel free to ask them now. Or if you're on the computer or not on the phone, please type it in and we'll uh, we'll read it. You know, Roddy K., if you're going to keep that crap going, we're going to have to block you. This call is not for that. If you want a damn sex call, you jump your ass out there and go find one. Uh, we don't want that on the call, and uh, we're not interested in it. So if you're going to keep that up and... Uh, Jim, just uh, block him out. Matter of fact, he's already left the call. Just go over and and uh, put the block on that, or eliminate. I'll eliminate it after the call's over with. But uh, see, uh, it's kind of like MJ. MJ uh, and uh, his brother-in-law Gary um, and uh, Gilbert out in California. God, I hope him and his family is okay. I hope Charlie and them are too. Uh, Man, let me tell you something. Them people in different parts of the country are in a main strain. But um, um, wow. Well, that's that law double uh, F, uh, fan double in. You can knock his ass off too. We don't need him. MJ, how you doing there, friend? Come on in and give us a say hello, uh, whatever. Yeah, he's number eight, brother. Yeah, I see that. I don't know if he's on the call or he wants to be. If he does, uh, get him in. He's uh, MJ has learned a lot and done a lot and is a real sharp cookie. 
I know why these people are getting so damn aggravated at him because he knows so goddamn much. <laughs> oh, I mean, there's all types of people. Some like to call strife and contention. Other people are sincere and they want to know and understand. And, you know, but it does them both, you know, not the foolish jest and do the things they do because it's going to come back on them. Jim, you know, this is the thing. Most of those people, they do that crap all the time. And then when adversity and calamity just slaps a mess out of them, they say, hey, who me? What happened? Why? You know, (laughs) they're not aware that... uh, it's kind of like, you know, if you don't want to catch a shark, don't put uh, shark bait out there. <laughs> I could understand that. And if they tell you there's a shark out there and you get in the water, <laughs> that's at your own risk. That's true. I see Denise is in there, Truth Bug. Um, Monica Day, I haven't seen that one before. California's in there. Uh, that may be Gil. Um, I would imagine, I don't know if Texas is me or Southeast Texas is me. No, you're Texas, brother. Uh, Southeast Texas. uh, I don't know if that's Swamp Shaman or not. But uh, there, there he comes in there. You there, Michael Joseph? Oh, hi, uh, Jim. Uh, Garrett, can you hear me? Yes, yes, sir. Go right ahead. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I just I just called in. I just had to go downstairs and get the phone. I I, I make it a point these days not to carry the phone and uh, just to break the uh, the you know sometimes you can get addicted to how easy it is to uh, have have an encyclopedia at the end of your fingertips, you know, and and. Uh, <clears throat> you know the whole um, dopamine thing of getting a getting a new text or an email. I, I just I try to keep the phone away from it because I don't want to get addicted to uh, <clears throat> letting somebody else do my own thinking for me. I just uh, want to I just want to say hi to Gypsy in there. She's guest three. Okay. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, I went on. Um, Angela's, Angela's uh, my private audio call on Thursday, and it was a last-minute thing for me. Uh, my friend David called me up at uh, about Thursday at 5 o'clock and said, hey, I've been asked to go on Angela's call. Uh, would you mind coming and sitting on the call? And if I if I um, ask for you, just unmute yourself. And uh, so anyway, David did about an hour, and I came in and did about an hour and 15 minutes behind him. But... My hour and 15 minutes, I put the plow in about three foot deep and plowed most of them right out of the field. <laughs> you know, I put the plow in deep, Gary. I mean deep. And uh, and those that are like, you know, um, I find that there's a lot of people out there these days that just sort of, they think that they can just sign some chit and, um, you know, that they'll gain some kind of access to 
some estate or some level of status that will allow them to just have whatever they want. And uh, first of all, that goes against the Bible itself. That ain't never going to happen. And the only time that might happen is if somebody wanted to bring a falsity upon the face of the earth and uh, and 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 uh, lead everybody into destruction. I mean, you know, the Bible's real clear on it. If a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. So, um, you know, Proverbs, go to the ant, thou sluggard, right? So, yep. um, anyway, uh, uh, what I found really interesting is here we are now on Sunday, and that call has still yet to post on TalkShoe. <laughs> There's something wrong with that call. And, uh, oh, yeah. And well, I you gotta... tell them certain things. Let me tell you something. <laughs> See, this is the deal. People are going to start realizing that they're blocked. When they start, when they pass that uh, uh, no net uh, neutrality, let me tell you, they already had certain things in operation. And we've mm-hmm. been experiencing them for the last month or uh, two. And uh, this deal with Angela, if you put very much real truth out there, um, let me tell you something. They spoke out there. Uh, Oh, uh, man, it's like that fella, uh, they just took a corn cob and dipped it in a little kerosene and kind of brushed somebody's hind hole, you know, <laughs> and they get a itch real bad. <laughs> I got to tell you, man, there was a couple of guys on the call. I don't like to come to a call and argue with anybody. If, if I'm going to be uh, being charitable with my time and, and knowledges that I've been able to obtain to, then I don't need to argue with somebody. And, uh, yep. So uh, this one fella, he got he got really upset with me, you know, because I was I was promoting, you know, the idea that, uh, hey, listen, if if you want to um, leave your father and your mother, and you want to go put, uh, take a wife of your own and go settle your own thing, create your own estate and and develop your own political status in the world, then do so. But please stop complaining, okay? We can we can do without the complaining. You know, all right. Yeah. So, uh, I, I was, uh, as they say, winning, uh, winning friends and influencing people. You know, <laughs> so um, as as the old preacher used to say, I'm out here making friends and influencing people, right? But um, anyway, I I just I I thought I'd share that. It's kind of funny funny thing that that call. You know, you know how talk shoe calls are. I mean, the minute. The moment you hang up, you know, it it doesn't take but about 20 minutes for it to get posted, you know. That's correct. Normally it doesn't. But yeah. if you say certain things, man, let me tell you something, it does. <laughs> oh, my goodness, excuse me. Man. It just started. I, I mean, I hadn't been doing this all day long. It just wow. started. Um. I don't know if I'm, I'm forcefully talking. I probably am, and that may uh, stir it up to some extent. But uh, yeah, Lee and I were talking yesterday about marriage, and uh, she knows that I do not believe in getting a marriage license and getting married, and she knows why. But still, that old, you know, got to make an a honest woman out of them. Got to have a piece of paper. <laughs> right. And, and they got to have the state in bed with them. 
and uh, their corporation don't know it. And uh, so uh, we had a couple of the uh, distant girls in the family line uh, that, you know, in, uh, related but out and away from us, and they uh, kind of decided that they would just uh, do like the Kelps used to do and more or less kind of jump the broom, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, she wasn't real happy about it, and I said, well, B, here's the deal. If the state gets involved, and a child or anything like that comes up, I said, you already know that they use those laws to turn one um, party in the marriage against another because the state can make money on it. Their child welfare, this and that and the other. And uh, and she, she acknowledged, she knew I was right, it's just, you know, I mean, it's like I said, it's just getting over the old ideas and concepts. And um, she said, uh, tell me about, uh, but uh, they they need to, to have a wedding certificate. I said, nope, that's not the way they did it in the Bible. I said, they might pass a shoe to somebody. I said, but... Uh, they could uh, write a bill of divorcement. I said, in this way, in one sense, the Islamics uh, are uh, more correct, you know, in the way that they do marriage and divorce and, than uh, our people are because our people have been brought under King Edward's uh, miscegenation uh, license from the 1600s. And um, I said, and you know, there's a lot of crazy things about Islamic uh, belief. But uh, the fact of it is that there's some aspects of it that's dead on the money. And um, um, I said, then there's aspects of Christianity that are just dead on the money. I said, but there's aspects of Christianity that will lead you as far away from the ever-living as you could possibly get. And they're going to put you in the camp, the arena, the court, and the church of man. And that's the way it's going to be. I said, you have to wake up and start doing your own thinking. If our people do not go back to thinking and pick up their hearts and learn how to play those strings and uh, forget them damn waters of Babylon, our people will be destroyed out here in the wilderness of sin called ignorance. Of that, there is no doubt. And I, I, I had a. Unfortunately, I had somebody come on that call uh, Thursday and and wanted to start arguing uh, the name game, you know. And I said, "Listen, I can tell you my name's Michael Joseph to the cows come home, but what does that do for me? It doesn't. It doesn't do anything except that you, if you know my deeds, if you know what I've done, then that name carries a certain character, a certain renown, and a certain regard." Absolutely. Uh, but, the name itself is nothing. It just means nothing. It, it, it's like, you know, so don't don't come to me with this is the name of my God and, and all, all, everybody else is, you know, not going to make heaven. I said, but that very statement alone puts you in hell. <laughs> you know, I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> all right? They don't think about that, though. See, uh, to them, a name is just like, you know, Gary, Bob, Bill, Michael, Joseph, or whatever. 
they do not realize that the term name as we use it today wasn't what that name or what that word was used as. It was explaining the nature and, as you said, the characteristics of that individual or entity. And right. um, then, uh, you know, every every aspect of man is like Janus. Uh, uh, there, it's the two-headed aspect. You've got one head looking one way and one head looking the other way. you just got to figure out which one you're going to go and which one you're going to follow. And that's why Moses said, choose you this day. Are you going to be a blessing or are you going to be a horse's ass and a cursing? You know, it's interesting right now. I'm reading um, Carl Jung's uh, work uh, on the symbols of man and also the, the 12 archetypes. Uh, and in, he, he makes this um, statement about an elephant and a rider. And he says basically the rider is our consciousness, our waking consciousness, and the elephant is our subconscious. And basically the subconscious is going to take that rider wherever it wants to take it until Mm -hmm. the two become one, you know. I mean, there's very little the rider can do. And then, you know, as I'm reading this, I'm realizing, isn't this the ancient allegory that St. Paul used about being thrown off his horse? It's the same allegory, you know. And that horse is our... uh, is our, uh, how you say, our autonomic uh, or our almost um, automatic nature. And, uh, you know, how can the conscious, the conscious waking mind uh, battle against that which is automatic, you know? And, uh, you know, and, I, and I've been, like, relating this to, you know, the idea of enlightenment versus, you know, shadow. And uh, um, how, how can I, you know, do that work to... Uh, to make the two one, you know, because when the light starts shining from within, there is no shadow, right? But, yep. you know, that's the that's the, the whole thing is that coming to realize that, uh, um, I mean, so, so many times, Gary, in, in the years ago, I would come to these calls and I would just struggle within myself and I would just, I would just want to argue that, um, you know, are you denying that this there wasn't a man who came and walked the face of the earth and he had to, you know, endure and and you know, see there, but there's no there's no life there. All there is is clinging to um, to uh, pom poms and and it makes me nothing but a cheerleader, a, a, someone on the sidelines that's watching the show. I, I never get in the show myself, you know. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I'm like you. I've argued and done stuff years ago, and I, I look back and I think, man, I, I can't even. I know what I did, and I know the way I thought, and yet without some of those things, it never would have woke me up or jogged me enough that I'd done the thinking and then went on to search and dig out. You know, I mean, hell, I'm still on the journey, man. I study and Every day. I mean, I'm looking, doing, practicing, uh, uh, doing what I can do because I know when I help others, I'm helping me. It's just I'm I'm putting money in the bank, so to speak. And um, as long as I find... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Gary. uh, It's like the formula, Yoda, hey, Bob, hey. I am that I am. Um, Anki is on the real head of those Ten Commandment tablets. And... um, Anki, I am. Well, I am that science officer. I am that uh, chemist. I am that one that chooses 
and applies this true knowledge in my life. I have to be. And so as I began to understand these laws and concepts, I began to learn how to, as you say, um, uh, get back on the horse and uh, instruct the horse in, uh, in, in how to go, either by the reins or by knee pressure or, um, uh, you know, whatever. And um, as we begin to take and study those laws, we begin to learn how to write the true I am that we desire on the tablets of our own inner mind so that she literally will produce for us. But as we learn to write it, we're washing her with the pure water of the word. We're getting rid of and eliminating the old limited garbage that we by our ignorance shoved and put in there. You know, as as you were just talking, um, what came to my mind was the woman who had an issue of blood for 12 long years and died. And, and what just I popped into my head is that we're all that woman. At some point in our maturation, we're all that woman. And we, the issue of blood, it, it, you know, while the woman is in menstruation, she can't receive seed. She's blocked from from the creative aspects. And uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but we're also... We, we've been hemorrhaging for years. We've been hemorrhaging by our own hand and mouth and didn't even realize it. It, it really is so amazing when you, you really do realize internally that this these these this book these stories these these ancient tales are about me you know I mean that's the point where you, you you've gone you've exited out of Egypt you've come to the place of bitter waters uh, but then you throw the tree in the waters and then and it becomes sweet you know and you realize hey this is about me here you know yep. Yeah. And see, we're, we're that tree. We've got to throw it into the waters because the water has to mm. flow in us and, and we're planted by the sides of it because it has to flow. Without that living water, I mean to tell you, that's within and without waters to drink in. But to others, they're in a barren desert. They're in a thirsty sea and all the fish, the thoughts of their own mind have dried up for failure to understand and comprehend this great knowledge. Yes, sir. Yes. That's that's the difference between the woman at the well. She's trying to draw water, and water being, you know, ideas and thoughts, and fishes being the knowledges that 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 swim in that sea. She's trying to draw water, and Jesus said, "Jesus, who is enlightenment within, you know, the Christ, says, I got water that, you know, if I give, you're not going to thirst again." And, you know, I think that what he's really talking about is a higher level of. Um, of doing things, as in, you know, um, let the weak say I am strong. In other words, declare that which isn't as if it is and know that once it's been declared, you already have it. You already Mm -hmm. have it. You just have to go and and you can't just go and sit and just assume that it's going to come to you. You you take a step into the unknown uh, towards that end, and, and in faith you work towards that eventuality knowing you already got it, but you're going to work towards it. you still got to work, you know. That's true. And like you were using the analogy of the woman at the well, see, this is this well our father Jacob, the supplanter, the conniver, the alterer gave unto us. But the next step they hadn't taken. They were in the northern ten tribes of Samaria, the land of Ephraim, Bethlehem, Ephratah. 
and yet they didn't realize that the true water was the water of Israel, he that had become a, the power of God in manifestation because he had an internal change. And see, she was still looking to that well. Five husbands thou truly hast had. Yes, sir, them five <laughs> senses of the mind. Oh, yeah, we've been married to them. <laughs> but the one thou art with is not thy husband. Wait a minute, there is one here <laughs> that can do everything. And he's not your husband. But you see here again, we've got uh, the woman with a husband. Uh, she was barren. But the woman that didn't have a husband, she had children in abundance. Well, I, I would just say one uh, thought that came to my mind when I, when, you know, you mentioned uh, earlier about the work you're doing. And, um, you know, as we, as we be, I, I just take stock of myself. You know, and as I began to, to get out there and uh, and do charitable work, to you know, um, at first I have to admit, um, a lot of it had had to do with um, promotion of my of myself. Um, I, I had obtained the certain knowledges, and and I did have a an inclination to share it with other people, but but ultimately there there was something deep down within that was had you know was still there about self promotion and uh but i have to admit that as the years have gone by you know i i i'm inclined to share with people because you know i really would like a new reality to dawn on you know in this in this uh, realm and you know greed and avarice and lusts and fears are going to keep us from that reality, you know. It's yes, just you need somebody out there to to talk about this stuff, um, to give people hope, and uh, you know, because at first I, I have to admit, it seems like when you hear this stuff that it's a thousand miles away from you, that it's, it's too far away. How can I attain to it, you know? And um, the reality is, you just take your first step towards it in faith. And um, a, a year later, you'll be surprised how far you've come. You know, I mean, I I was just amazed at. I met a man one time at a real estate um, conference, and he was a he was a much older man, and he kind of took me under his wing, and he saw that I was hungry and was you know wanting to grow, and um, he said, "Listen, if you'll just make your own lunch every day." And instead of going out with your uh, peers and going out to eat lunch, go go down there and do research on real estate one hour a day. He says, within about three months, you will so far you will leave them so far behind that they will wonder how what what are you doing? What have you done? And and I thought to myself clearly, how can one hour a day make that big of a difference? But you know, the man seemed to know what he was talking about, so I did it. You know, and yep. um, one hour a day makes all the difference, and it it just helps to develop habits. It helps you to train that elephant, that horse that you're riding, and those habits are make all the difference in the world. You know. Yep, that's true. That is so true. Uh, number 10 writes on there, there's nothing outside of yourself that can ever enable you to get to be better, stronger, richer, quicker, or smarter. Everything is within. Everything exists 
within. That's brother. Take nothing yeah. outside of yourself. That or this was beautiful. See, that's it. It, it is. It's all inside of us. And then when, as you said, you know, when we get uh, we get to a place that the self-aggrandizement and things of this nature, and I want to be noticed, and this, that, and the other, when that fades away, and we get down to the real, true, nitty-gritty of, I just want to help people. Because when I help people, I've turned on the the love magnet, and it yeah. always makes everything flow to me in abundance. I mean... Um, hell, I don't really want for anything. Oh, there's things I'd like to do or fix or whatever. But in reality, what I require, when I require it, it's always there. I like how you said it, the love magnet. That's, you know, that to me is the big difference. I mean, I think people hear love and they, they have a concept of love which is different from serve each other, you know, and and carry each other's burdens and help each other. It, they, they, they seem to think it has to do with how I feel or uh, what I can get from someone else. And uh, and But the more we serve each other, the, I mean, you, if you don't, you don't have to give thought for uh, am I going to be taken care of? Am I going to be in lack? You're not going to be in lack. In fact, the more you reach out to help other people, the the better you secure your own future. I mean, it's it's a strange thing that the more you give, the more you get, but it's true. And uh, the love magnet, I, I like that. I have to use that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. It, uh, the greatest of all these is charity, and it ain't talking about uh, putting a dollar in the, in the plate. It's talking about... <laughs> the true love that we give to everybody, that agape love piece, because in reality, we're having a a true sexual cohabitation with people because it's a spiritual mental operation. And when Absolutely. we do it at the right heart and spirit, the children or the thoughts that are engendered by that uh, exchange, oh, yeah, that's the love magnet. That there's the true love boat, man. Yeah, I like the way you said it. And, you know, um, recently I was speaking to a, a relatively small group, and um, they were still, uh, uh, they had fallen to the level of degradation that, um, that you know, the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 3, you know, that there was some kind of snake talking to, you know, a man and a woman. And I said, no, no. I said, you know, if you look at the Hebrew, you'll see it's a sex act. But, but when you when you rise even above that, I mean, you have to at least come to that that uh, Eve is talking about a, a sexual relationship, and when you even come when you rise above that, you see that they just use sex and couch those uh, symbols in sex to talk about the mind, and and that is exact. How could we not be swimming in consciousness? I mean, where did the building block? I mean, if you just apply reason to the story, where did? Where did God get the building blocks? You know, if, if in other words, if you look at an architect and how he builds a building, well, he's got to get the building supplies and then he puts them together and builds the structure. But you know, you say, well, where did the where did the where did the matter where did where did the building supplies come from? It has to be within the body of God, and so this is this has to be all consciousness. It has to every aspect of our being is consciousness. 
And yeah. it's just yeah. uh, uh, has to be. Yes. Uh, see, when, when, okay, let uh, man, boy, you hit on it back in the beginning in Genesis. Um, we were and are living spirits. We're a part of that living essence. But Anki has a one that descended from the heavens, so one from a heavenly realm of mind, created a body. Oh, crap. You know, that means he gave us a coat of skin, doesn't he? Yes. He didn't give us the essence. He only prepared a body that that essence could inhabit. And then that essence and the teachings of Anki had to be written into the tablets of the thoughts of our own mind, our subconscious, but it had to be done in a conscious manner. And as we do that, we're charting the swimming within the sea of creation. But we already were. We still are. We're just having to learn how to deal with this coat of skin that we've been given. You know, and that's the thing, and it has to be thoughts and ideas and desires because in in Isaiah it says, arise, arise, and put on the beautiful garments. So this, this coat of skin, these garments that we wear, is a symbol. It's, a, it's symbolic language for thoughts, ideals, desires, and it, and, it, and it basically is just speaking to a paradigm shift. You know how we how we think, uh, how our deeds. What's the what's the seed bed which births our deeds? You know what I mean. Is it love or is it you know greed? Right? Is it birthed out of the the need for um, survival in uh, fight or flight as a as a function of the five senses, or have have we risen above that towards to to reason and uh, rational thinking where we can subdue our our senses and put them in check and even and you can even rise above that to realize that sink yourself down above your thoughts and desires or below your thoughts and desires and watch them you know be the observer of the thought stream and watch that you know and then you know you 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 become one with the elephant you know you you literally are are realizing that maybe these thoughts themselves are are not mine. You know, I mean, you know, yeah, that, and watch See, that's, them. That's, yeah, that's like David. See, David had, had grew up; he was a stripping lad, and uh, he played a harp. And the harp of uh, seven or some say twelve strings. And uh, as you begin to look at that harp. David picked up five smooth stones out of the brook. He had to get that five senses polished and washed by the river of the mind of true thought and understanding. He gained experience because he had learned to follow that uh, that inner insight and voice. And uh, then when he came up against the, the, the Lord of the Philistines as a giant, an uncircumcised giant, um, he knew that he could control those five senses, no matter how big they appeared. And notice what he said: "Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would dare to come against the armies 
of the living God. I mean, brother, he knew. <laughs> David knew who he was. And you know what? Here's the really interesting thing is that um, I was having a conversation with my dad, um, and, and I realized, you know, Smart as my dad is, I mean, the man graduated number one in medicine at Chapel Hill, top of his class, and he he's a very intelligent man, and yet he still hasn't come to be able to realize that the story of David and Goliath, you know, he's still got his pom-poms on. He's still cheering for David. I'm like, no, no, Dad, Goliath is the aspect of your carnal mind that you have to go and you have to do battle with, man, that, that true Self, the true you, the the my beloved that God is talking about, the David that is within every one of us has got to um, has got to go and do battle with um, with this external man, if you will, this this carnal mind, the man being the symbol for the mind. And yeah, because and, that giant in the five senses of the Philistines, that's also another aspect of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. So that river, you know, and it's talking about he, he, he went and pulled it out of the brook or the, the river. You know, you notice that in Genesis there was one river that parted into four heads, you know, and you'll notice this one river, if you want to call it wisdom, that's exactly what it is. It's the river of wisdom. It's uh, And it parts into four heads. Um you know, it, I like to think of the four heads as number one, divine law; number two, natural law; number three, cognitive law; number four, positive law. The four heads that part the one river, and you know, each of these four heads has a particular realm attached to it. Which you know, I mean, if you want to go to the to the to the Buddhic planes, you know, in building the light body, it has even a, a completely different meaning there as you. You build the light body through anking or um, whatever means you're going to use to build it um, to enter into different um, realms of uh, of being. Uh, but you know, it's it's so interesting to me that um, that I mean, I read the book now, and I'm no longer bound to the book. I mean, I, I can pick up Enoch or I can pick up Sarek, you know, or you know, first and second Esdras or, you know, Ecclesiasticus, and I can hear the wisdom. It's the same wisdom that these other books are written in. And so you're no longer bound to a canon. You you know, in other words, I look at it like this. In in the Ark of the Covenant, it tells us there was three objects, the, the, um, the, the tablets, and then there was Aaron's rod, and then there was a golden bowl full of manna. And what I look at that as is there's three testaments. You know, the, the two the two tablets of the Old Testament, Aaron's rod at buds, is basically a restatement of the Old Testament. It's called the New Testament, which but with but with um better understanding. And then the third testament's that golden bowl. And and he you know, Jesus in in the New Testament says, you know, um those that basically come to to hear his voice, he, he's going to give them meat. That um, those that are still eating from the first two, they can't they can't hear it. They, they they're like, hey, that's not in the canon. That's extra biblical. Yeah. But it's written with the same wisdom. And if you can see the fingerprint, if you can recognize the voice, you know, the hidden language, if you will, 
um, that symbolic language, then uh, then you then you're unbound. You, you don't have to have Moses in your reed boat. You know that. Um, and, and I was talking to somebody the other day, you know, that Moses in the reed boat is a symbol for whatever religious set you were born into, you know? Yeah. But a greater than Moses is now here. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> right. Right, because, you know, Moses is your rational mind, and ultimately yeah. the rational mind must be redeemed. Moses is the part of you that says, hey, something's wrong here, you know? But uh, even that must be redeemed. And um, and Christ must be formed in us, right? And that, you know, the New Testament, which shines the light, says, uh, my little children, I labor in birth pains again until Christ be formed in you. Yep. So, you know, that's beautiful when you think about that because if Christ is to be formed in us, then that means that these stories have to be about us. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> When we read those scriptures, we're reading a love letter to ourselves. Yes, sir. Praise it has God. to be. It has to be a love letter to ourselves. It, it absolutely has to be. And by the way, that's a very enlightening um, concept when you really start to get that. Because if it's a love letter to ourselves, what would that make you? And man, when I realized that, what would that make me when I actually asked myself that question and had to struggle with the answer with that one? I was like, holy cow. That's right. Hey, uh, yeah. hey uh, uh, either Michael or Gary, this is Gil. Oh, hi, Gil. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Awesome. Hey, uh, you know, you mentioned that you, you know, you, you said that your dad still holds on the pom-poms. When I was visiting my folks um, a few weeks back, you know, I kind of um, asked my dad the same kind of question, and I think he's real similar to, to your father. Um, but he did say that um, when, I, when I was trying to explain to him kind of what we are I don't know, kind of like what we're endeavoring and learning um, his his answer was like like we're not we're not worthy like we're supposed to um, endure like hardship and turmoil till we get our you know riches down the road like and and he I don't remember the I know he's incorrect but where is he can you help me and understand where he's getting that in the Bible and, sure uh, he's getting that from the fact that that's what the church teaches any okay. church. Those pastors will tell you that you're not good enough. He's so high, he's so lifted up that you can't get to it. you got to go through the Pope or somebody else, including the pastor. But see, here's the deal. Rejoice. I go to my father and your father. I have overcome the world, and I have sat down on my father's throne. Hey, brother, once we overcome the world of limitation and that fear and not worthy, then, damn, we can sit down with the Father and partake of the true power of the throne because that's what we're designed to do. That's who we really are. And see, this is what they haven't got there. They they have beat themselves down to such a point, and they have been uh, made blind, if you will, and dumb in many instances, uh, they can't see and they can't speak, 
and they can't walk because, you see, there's been tripping stones put in front of them so that they would fall on every hand. And what we're doing is we're at a time right now. We're shaking the kingdom. We're taking and rattling the damn doors of hell itself. And if there is a devil out there, he's about to crap down both legs because he knows we woke up. And as you begin to teach this and you show this, your confidence level, that power is going to rise up. It's going to reach out. It'll anoint the words and the actions that you speak, and it'll touch their heart and their mind. You do it in a loving and gentle way, because like the fellow said, you know, when the baby got here, he didn't have any teeth. We had to give him a bottle and a titty. After a while, we could give him a little thicker stuff, maybe a little pablum or something. After a while, he get him a tooth or two in there. Don't stick your finger in. He likes to bite your finger just to make sure he can. And so as you begin to grow, then finally he'll get to where he can eat steak. And he won't necessarily want to go back to that milk or that pablum of his four years. He will have gained and grew. So you have to give him space and time to grow and mature like leavening a piece of dough. Um, it has to go through a certain process if we're going to turn it into bread. And uh, so what we're doing is we're literally giving them the bread of life and uh, the water of life, but uh, we're doing it to raise them up from their state of depravity, the the valley of decision, where Yahweh or Yahashabat judges. And see, multitudes, multitudes are in this valley of decision. What we're doing is we're shining the light on that valley of dry bones, if you will, and we're breathing the breath of life into it by teaching and sharing this, this knowledge. And as we do and begin to share the power of this realm by healing and manifesting these great things, these powers come forth. They have to. They have to obey the knowledge of the ever-living and the living law that's written because that is that is what we are. We've been designed to do this. We are the caretakers of the garden of our mind and of the planet itself. Hey, um, Gil, you know the story in the uh, in the Bible it talks about this man who was uh, he was down by this pool and and um, he was lame he couldn't walk right and mm-hmm. um, and uh, this pool he was beside uh, this this angel would come every now and again. And he would stir up the waters of the pool, and 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 someone came along and said, um, "Hey, uh, um, Jesus comes along and says, you know, why don't you get in the pool?" He said, "Well, sir, there's no man to help me into the pool. Someone else always beats me to it, right? You know this? You know yep. this story? Yep. I'm not familiar with it, but go okay. ahead. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> the lame, the lame man, he has no two legs." get up and walk in other words he's ignorant okay his feet uh they, they don't work all right so he's 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 in a, a state of ignorance okay now the pool itself is the truth okay and the angel that comes that comes down to stir up the waters is an idea it, it's the idea that comes into your head you see but you have no you have no desire where is the desire to move you towards, you know, that's the steering of the waters, okay? Right. And yes. you see, what you lack is, what the, the, the man who is lame lacks is an internal understanding or an internal enlightenment because Christ has not yet been formed in him. 
such that he has, he has this internal knowing of how these, the spiritual law works, okay? So, in other words, he can't get up and put himself in the pool. He can't, he can't get up and say, let the weak say I am strong, because he has no knowledge of, uh, of the spiritual law, because, therefore he is lame, right? He, he's yes. in a state of darkness, all right? Yep. So, you know, that's every single one of us. You know, we're born into this world lame. We have inherited, we have inherited thoughts and ideas and a condition of being from our forefathers and foremothers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fallen state and being. And what? So then, naturally, what the church is going to teach is man is in a fallen state and unworthy. That's not true. Man, yes, man's knowledge is man has fallen into deep darkness. There is no doubt about it. However, when light comes to you, when you are you um, in the spirit, let me say it like this: in in the spirit world of evolution, you are transformed 100% from glory into glory. It's not a slow process. Once the once the knowledge comes, you either do it or you don't do it. And if you do it, you get the benefit. You get the benefit. Instantaneous benefit. So. You know, it's not like a slow thing of evolution like they would say in matter. Um, it's a instantaneous evolving from one state of, of, of light to another state of light. And so light being um, consciousness, let there be light, and they call it the light day. So you'll notice in, in the stories that Jesus always appears to, to his disciples that are in darkness at the dawn and that the sun is rising. There's light at the dawn of day. So it's beautiful when you start to see it like that as, as, they, as he's calling his disciples. Don't look at it as 12 men who are external to his reality. Look at it as 12 faculties of mind that are internal to your reality. Yes. And then... Yes. Daniel, and and, you know, and, do, and don't look at yourself as a son, S-O-N, but realize that you are a S-U-N. You are a light that's in this world. But yes. you and I have to wake up to it just as the one in the story of the analogies of the Messiah. And then you can rise to that occasion. You go ahead, MJ. You just you knock yeah. them out of here. Yes, but, sir. I mean, exactly. the... Um, um, law fan, he makes a good point here, and and that is this is that uh, humility. You'll notice that um, Jerusalem. Once you see it like this, you'll see that uh, Jerusalem is a is a state of consciousness. That's a, a city, a city, nation, uh, state. When you're talking about that in the Bible, you're talking about levels of consciousness, groupings of thoughts, and, and if you're if you're true to yourself. When you start to analyze yourself, you, you will realize that certain ideals have formed in you, and these ideas are so strong that they have um, accumulated unto themselves hundreds of different thoughts, which, which, uh, and maybe even thousands of thoughts and desires, which, um, which understand that single idea, and and see this forms a city. Okay, that's a city. And see, you know, you know, now you can say, okay, when I get a new heaven and a new earth, which is what I'm promised in Revelation, um, 
a new heaven speaks to the the a new inner understanding of how things happen in the inner man, and a new earth is a new understanding of how things manifest in the outer man. And these these inner man and outer man is just another saying for the the mind, the the the, the two aspects of the mind, and uh, and now knowing of the humility that you know when you come into what if you came into the city of Jerusalem at night, okay, night being a statement for ignorance, you had to unpack your camel, and you see, you remember it says it's harder than than a than a rich man to get into the kingdom of God than it is for a camel to get through the eye of the needle. Well, yes. That eye of the needle is the code for the needle gate. That's um, the gate at night. The two main gates to the city, which were huge, are shut. Okay, and the only way you can get into the to the city is you have to get off your camel. Okay, notice the camel is also the same analogy for the horse or the elephant that I spoke to earlier. You have to unpack that animal. All the, the falsities has to be removed. All the haughtiness and the pride and all that's got to be put aside. And mm-hmm. that animal has got to get down on its knees at, as well as you do yourself to crawl through that gate. And if you're that's holding, exactly correct. And if yes, you're holding something of, of, of pride like a sword, well, off comes your head. You ain't going to make it into that city. Okay, because <laughs> there's two guards standing on the other side of that needle gate to, to protect that city. What did it say in Genesis? That there was two cherubim set to guard the way back to the garden. Not that you can't get back into the garden. You can get back into the garden. It's yeah. just that there are two guards there, and, and if you're haughty, full of pride, you're not mm-hmm. getting back in. If you're there in selfishness, if it's if it's all for for self um, and and without the idea of charity and how can I be of assistance to my brother when you're not getting back into the city. And um, so this is the the new heaven and the new earth, and this is the Christ being birthed in you, okay? Because where where was Christ born? He was born at this place called Bethlehem, right? And mm-hmm. Beth, Beth is house, and Laham is... Uh, Laham is um, Bread, the house of bread. House of bread. Well, did, did you notice that um, Rachel herself, Rachel, who is the spirit, Leah is emotion, Rachel is a spirit, gives birth to Ben-Yamun, which is, at first, Jacob calls him uh, Ben-Omi, which is uh, son of my sorrow, but he then changes his name to Ben-Yamun uh, because that is son of my strength, son of my right arm. This is the yep. true you. This is the the true self. This is the little child, which Joseph says, bring me the boy, Joseph being a, a type for Christ. And then later, Jesus says, suffer the little children to come unto me. This, yep. is, this is the goal, you know, but in humility, yep. always yep. in humility. Yeah, see, and if you, you made a statement about uh, Rachel uh, being uh, the spirit aspect. See, Rachel's two sons, uh, and yet uh, Joseph and Benjamin, or Benjamin uh, within, uh, is in reality the two horns of the two aspects. Uh, Saul had to precede David, 
before David of the house of Ephraim, Ephratah, could be manifest. He couldn't be of the house of Judah. He had to be of Ephratah because the birthright was with Joseph, the one of sight, the one of, of many colors of the meditative vision. And yes. uh, matter of fact, when you say Hotep, you're saying of uh, Joseph. If you go back in the ancient Egyptian knowledge, these people have hid this stuff, but they've hid it so that this book of knowledge could be opened at this time. And you could understand that, hell, we're not down there with Judah and, uh, and, and Bethlehem uh, in Jerusalem. As they look at it, we're of the upper city. We're up here in Samaria. It ain't never the good uh, Jew. It's the good Samaritan. Because Asahmaritan, you have got to understand who and what you are. And you're rising, and that's what he's saying. I mean, uh, man, this is a great, great teacher tonight, MJ. Oh well, thank, thank you. But I, you know, it's, see, the thing is, is when you say things that it, the the interaction is what gets me going. The interaction of uh, <laughs> of everybody is coming, and they've got their piece, and then all it sparks. It, it just is like a fire <laughs> building, you know. Uh, and um, yeah, it all so, doing things together. Yeah, exactly. And you get you get. You know, I like an analogy that Gary said years ago, and I've always I continue to use it today. Is that when you go to Tabernacles, you're you're supposed to bring with you something that makes your heart happy. So, uh, so and then you're supposed to um, um, eat of that whatever makes you happy in front of the Lord and give thanks for it, right? And be happy. And uh, well, if I bring my gold and I give you my gold and you bring your gold and you give me your gold, well, we are. It's not a zero sum game where we're where all we did was exchange something that was literal and outside of ourselves. No, we we shared our ideas and our thoughts and our desires, oh, yeah. and and therefore yeah. we are uh, completely increased exponentially, exponentially increased at Tabernacles. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that house of bread, that house of bread, you'll notice that that Jesus, the the Christ, was born in a cave. And if you go to your Old Testament, see, the New Testament's a restatement of the Old Testament. If you go back to the Old Testament, you'll find that these sons of men, if you will, son of man, all these different players in the Old Testament, you'll find them in a cave. Okay? (laughs) This cave is is sometimes referred to as the cave of Luz, the cave, cave of light. All right, and uh, I think there was a, a writer, I can't remember, Joel something or other, he wrote a book about the Cave of Luz, and uh, and it's really amazing, amazing book. But all of this is playing out. If you, if you do a cross-section of your brain, you will find out that all of these things that are in archetypal language is telling you about your own brain. It's telling you about your own existence. And, um, right. There is there is that physical reality and knowledge, which is wonderful to to understand how these different um, aspects of your brain, the hippocampus and the you know the the amygdala, all these things work. That that's wonderful. Okay, great, you understand that. But what's better is to understand what these signify on a much higher plane, and, and that, that takes me to to um, <clears throat> to the idea that. Um, I can have all knowledge. I can I can obtain unto the great fish. Notice that when 
Jesus shows up at dawn. He tells Peter, who's a fisherman. Now, notice that Peter is standing there um, fishing in, in, all night long, but notice when, what the story says. It says Peter was naked. Now, so that right. seems real strange, doesn't it? The guy is naked yeah. out on the high seas fishing. Come on, man. You know, right? But, I mean, when's the last time you went out on a boat fishing and was buck naked? I mean, come on, man. That <laughs> ain't right, you know. <laughs> just about right here, okay? You know? But, uh, but, you know, when you start to realize that Peter is an aspect of you, which is faith. Peter is the aspect of your of your um, of yourself called faith. And notice that Peter, he's a professional fisherman. He, he's learned to use worldly techniques to to obtain to to certain knowledges. And so it seems that Peter is wise because he's he's come to these different shortcuts that he's able to apply different knowledges to obtain to different statuses in the world. But in fact, he's naked. But so Jesus appears at dawn and says, hey, you know, Peter says, he says, hey, you got anything? He said, no, nah, I fished all night long. I ain't caught me anything. Okay, right? So mm-hmm. he said, now try it my way, right? So, so he, then, he then tries it a, another way, and he catches 153. He didn't catch 153 fish. He caught 153 great fishes, and that great was not an ad word. In other words, these knowledges and these ideas so completely transformed his being that mm-hmm. he is moving now from a state of faith into a state of love. In other words, he's no longer operating in life out of duty, out of obligation. His, his deeds are not, are not being com, um, compelled out of an idea that, you know, I've got to do this because my brethren they got to keep up their end of it. I mean, if you've ever been on a team before, you know, you do, you keep up your end and, and mm-hmm. then hope that everybody else keeps up their end and the team will succeed. But when you start keeping up your end, not out of obligation and duty, but out of love and charity for, for the brethren, for the good of the all, that is when you come into a spiritual reality. But yeah. when you start keeping so you, up you your end... Say- but let me, let me finish the thought. Let me, Gary, let me finish the thought. But when you start keeping up your end out of love because you realize the kingdom is the Lord's and you want a new reality to birth into this because you love the Lord, you love the righteousness of honor, you love integrity, you love justice, you love equality, you, you have a love for the, for the virtues and, and morals and, and righteousness. Now you've risen to a different state. Your your truths are no longer just true because they're true. They are now true because they're good. And, you know, a truth can be true, but it can be very harsh. And, right. But, but if, we, if we seek to develop our truths out of what is good, it's a different way of, of, of living. It's a different... Um, in other words, I can be charitable because I'm forced to be charitable, or I can be charitable because I love you. And if, and if I'm charitable because I love you, then you might treat me like crap, but that's not why I'm being charitable. I'm not being charitable to be justified by how you treat me. 
I'm right. I'm being charitable because the the I've been redeemed in my mind. My mind is such that I'm not working for you. You understand? I'm not working I, for you. Okay, <laughs> you're just the benevolence of what I have been allowed to do for you. But the mere fact that I have this love in my heart is has nothing to do with with me. It has to do with the fact that I turned to the way. And Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. It's the spirit that works through me. And that's the, that's the difference. It's, it's the haughtiness of self, the, the idea that, okay, let me go back to Gary touched on Saul and David. We are all initially born as Saul. Now, remember the story of Saul and Samuel? Saul was a dumbass, okay? Let me put it bluntly. Saul was a complete <laughs> idiot, all right? He was very stately looking. He looked the part of a king, but he was a total, he was an idiot. He couldn't, he was, he was a shepherd who couldn't keep track of the sheep, okay? <laughs> okay? He has two donkeys, man. I mean, you know, he can't keep track of them. And so he, he, he looks the state of a king, but he, he's just, he's completely carnal in the sense that he's, he's either living in either a, a, Five sense reality, subject to fight or flight all the time, which is the mm-hmm. basis of, of of living. That's the survival mode, a state of living. Or he's living in the um, prove it to me realm, which is sort of a, a, a higher level of natural living. But it's like if you can't prove it to me, it must not exist. Okay. In other words, try to go speak the spiritual laws to somebody who lives in the prove it to me realm of reality. And you may as well be, um, you're just completely wasting your time, okay? You're pissing in the wind, all right? It's going to come right back on you, all right? But, you're pissing on the wrong side of the boat. Right. And, and then you come and to you're naked. But we're, Go ahead. Are we, are, we, are we not all guilty of that, though? That same, you know, yes, dumbass every one mental, of us. I mean. Every one of us. Right. So let me yes, ask you In other words, every like, one of us go goes through the Saul state, and every yes. one of us comes to the David state, and every one right. of us should come to the Solomon state. And the Solomon state is the seventh-day man, the man of Sabbath, the man who builds the temple. And how can mm-hmm. he build the temple? Because he has a heart given to him to love. Right. He can build the temple. David can't build the temple because David was a man of war. It, it, when you're at the David phase, you're warring. Uh, you're struggling in in your in your conscience with what goes within and what goes without, and you can you can look outside of yourself, and you can go to these calls, and you can hear people in the struggle, and you want so bad to say, "Hey, man, relax, find you your peace." Good question. All right. Well, those those are those. Are, that's kind of like my struggle. Like, I would say that you know, like w- the words that are coming out of your mouth. Um, is is literally my my struggle like you know i you know i've been that ass i've been in that limited five cents you know mindset and you know there's probably a couple i'll just say there's probably a couple people that i've probably had verbal altercations there's never been like a set like um you know like he went his way i went my way not like you know not like i want to you know you know, I don't. I don't know. There was just a moment where there. You know, I don't know how to explain it. It was. It's really actually some really stupid stuff. But, um, 
over over Little League Baseball, and he said, I said, just stupid stuff, okay? And lately, as I've been listening, you know, the things that you've emailed me and said, you know, read this, read that, the stuff that, you know, Gary puts on, and just, you know, you kind of know a little bit about the things that I've been watching in the videos a little bit, right, Michael? Yes, um, yes. And so I'm at a place now where my heart wants, like, I want to go back to that person and uh, and ask for forgiveness um, for the way I was, or that I, maybe that I should have been better. Is that is that a is that good or bad, or do I need it? Well, let me, I mean, let me say you understand like what I'm this. saying to you. Oh, I understand totally what you're saying. What you're saying to yeah. me, but let me ask you a question, okay? And and be honest with me. I, I want you sure. to just stop. Don't answer me right off. Just stop and just a second, and and just. Think for a second. What's compelling you to want to do this? I mean, think about, and what I'm speaking to is your motive. I want to know, what do you think is the reason why you're compelled to do this? And, and, and tell me. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you. Um, I, well, part of me knows I should have handled something differently. Um, you know, when I look back on my actions, um, not that I was, his actions were the beginning, you know, I'm not going to blame anybody, but I'll just say that what he did, I reacted probably over the top to, even though it was inappropriate. Um, and so part of me that wants to do this is, um, I don't know, I guess I, 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 um, I just, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, um, that's a hard question to answer. Just part, I don't know. I just kind of want to, I just want to go to him and say, hey, look, man, um, I just want to get this off my chest. I'm sorry for how things turned out, you know? Um, I don't know. Right. Like, okay. Now, that, that, that's, that, all that's, I, that's all I needed from you. What I wanted okay. to show you is, is I've been talking about these three different levels of Saul and David and Solomon, and I want to show yes. you where you are right now, okay? Right. And there is no there is no beratement here. There's no judgment here. I'm just saying right. that this is a path. This is a way of life, and this is where you are right now, okay? Yes. Um, you're still in the Saul level, okay? And now, 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 it's okay. It's okay. It, it's perfectly okay. See, when you come to the spiritual level, you will come to realize that the, the mere act of you, of you having this desire to even go and do these things is because the spirit has led you to that desire, and you submit to that spirit. It's not of your own accord. If you were left to your natural way, you would say, it's my thought, my, I think I should do this. No. It's not I, my, me. It's the spirit. You, you submit to it. You have, you're like a wife that lays down for her husband and submits to her husband because the wife knows the husband holds her in love and coverture and will only do what's good for it, okay, for, for the wife. Now, when you come to the next level of um, Solomon, you will realize that you are one with the Lord, that, that there is, in other words, listen to this. When the man goes to take a wife, the, the two, he leaves his mother and father, and he clings to his wife and cleaves to her, and the two become one. Now, if you think about this from the, from the perspective of the Lord, um, God and the church, 
the wife is the church, the true ecclesia, and the Lord is 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 the totality of the all. Now, what does Philippians tell us in chapter two? It says, "Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who did not count it robbery to to be thought equal with God." Now, see, when you come to that level, then you realize that any love, any good any charity that you have been permitted to do, that you have been permitted to even contemplate, is not of your own doing. The mere fact that you could do it has been granted to you because there is only one heart, there is only one love, there is only one human, period. There is only one life, and and that is God, and we live and we, we move and have our being in God. And MJ, so, yes, sir. Go ahead. Um, if you go back to the fact that you brought up the story about Peter and the fishing, the water, the great fishes, and the 153 fish, he's where Peter was when he spotted or seen the Jesus or the enlightened aspect. And so what did he do? Naked, he dove into the water to cover himself. Yes. Well, we dive into the subconscious mind because those emotions come up. Peter got out. He didn't have to repent. What did he do? He said, Peter, have you gotten fish? No, I hadn't got any. I fished all night and hadn't got He said, okay, as you said, we'll throw it on the other side of the boat. So he immediately steps into the action of doing, not repenting, but of doing, because the very act that he started to do, what he was instructed, is the repentance. He changed from the old way. He now cast the net, same net, but he cast it and he caught 153 great fishes. Well, 153 is the number nine. He went through the nine stages of completion. He walked up Jacob's ladder of seven rungs with the two poles that sustain it. And as he did, he caught and came forth. And see, that's what's really occurring to, to Gilbert right now. It's a, it's allowing him to raise up. Sometimes you have to allow things to lay. And if you, it's an old saying, a guy told me uh, he had a bunch of dogs and they put them down in the cellar during the winter. And, man, I'm here to tell you, you went down there, it was high spelling, low down, I mean to tell you. He looked at me and he said, whatever you do, we found that if you don't stir shit, it don't stink. <laughs> and so I looked at him and he said, it'll dehydrate by spring. And it'll be dry and I can come down and just scoop it up. He said, there won't be no odor. And so what you do is you go on and you catch the fishes, the nine stages of completion, just like Moses and all of us had to be in in that cave. We had to be where that serpentine wisdom would rise and cause the true orgasm of ecstasy in the state and the realm of the mind. See, and then the true love occurs because we're in love with the creator aspect of the true self. And uh, that's what's happening. You're on the journey just like we are. And and Gilbert, I thank you for that, Gary. I understand, Gilbert, that in no way, shape, or form, am I or or Gary or anybody else on this call in judgment of you. And you are not right. in any lower state. You are not in any um, 
how do you say some people are above you? No, no, sir. You are where you are, and you give, you lift up your hands to the Lord, and you give thanks. Okay, yeah. you give thanks, and you are in gratitude. If you'll learn, in other words, Lafayette made a very uh, interesting statement here, and I, I would like you to really take to heart what he put in here, and and that is when you when you when you hear, okay, this is this is still in Saul. Embrace it and give and give thanks for it. Don't try to think that I've got to rise above this. As soon as you you, you put in this um, this resistance or this attempt to to get above something, you you are limiting yourself. Embrace where you are. Give gratitude and thanks, and yeah. and and literally therein lies the key is the gratitude. Always give gratitude. Give gratitude for the negative. Give gratitude for the positive. Because in reality, it's just how you perceive things. It has. It comes down to your perceptions. Uh, um, I mean, I'll say it to you like this right here: that for me to pay for my college, I had to go off into the Navy. And when I was in the Navy, I worked my rear end off. Okay, I mean, they put me to work. There were days when I mean times when I had to work 72 hours straight and without any sleep, you know, and it was hard work. And yeah. and people say, well, but look at those rich kids out there who don't have to go and they don't have to do this, that, and the other. Well, I give thanks for the hard work. It it built in me character. It built a, um, a certain measure of can-do in me. And when somebody says that we can't do it, I just put the plow in three foot deep, and they're going to come along with me, and they're going to get out of the field. And and I'm, you know, what I'm trying to say is, it, it makes your mind hard as flint. And those who say it can't be done, well, they're either going to get behind you as you plow this field, or they're going to get out of the field. It will be done, okay? And it will yeah. be done because. I declare it. I declare it to be done, and I give thanks to the Lord for the idea. See, that idea that came to my mind, that's an angel. Okay, that's the angel that helped me, that, that's steering the water. Okay, yep. that's that idea. And, yep. I, and, and so now I can, sink, I can sink below those thoughts. I can sink below those desires, and I can view them as an observer. And I can lift up my hands in praise for uh, for the realization that these things which have been given unto me to do is the gratitude and the grace that I live by. Because when I walk out the door tomorrow, I'm going to be met by a myriad of situations. And I can look at them in a negative light or I can look at them in a positive light. In both ways, I err. What I should do is give, lift up my hands and give thanks for the grace that is bestowed upon me today. You understand? I do. Thank you. That's the temple. That's the building the temple. That's Joseph marrying the priest of on, the priest of light. Um, this is Saul Amon, the man that realizes he walks in grace and that, and that I can do nothing of myself. It's the spirit that works through me. So every man is merry. All of mankind is merry. Maybe not realized yet because they're still in a state of ignorance and darkness, but all of mankind 
is awaiting the the birth of Christ within them, the idea, the divine ideal, the, the divine thought, or the divine desire. The divine thought is, it, is masculine. The divine desire is feminine. But is it birth is it, in them? Is it is it also? Well, you say the divine thought. Is it is it not also? Besides thought, is it not also a physical occurrence in the brain? Well, absolutely, because, because yeah. it operates because on many levels. It operates on many levels, and it triggers different responses in the physical body. See, that's why I, a while ago I was saying that Peter didn't have to repent. All he had to do was change his action. The very fact that he changed his action, just like a wife, she don't come in and repent, oh, I'm sorry, I'm this, I'm that, and the other. She knows that you may or may not like something. She voluntarily begins to do it. Why? Because she truly loves you. She doesn't have to repent from it. Her actions prove that she is a repentant one. She is walking with it. And so it, what you can't necessarily undo what you did before. But sure. what happens is that the next time something comes, this thought has arisen in you. The angel has stirred the water, so to speak. And it, right. uh, you remove the lameness from your feet of understanding. Now you can walk and do as, as you choose, and, and yet you know that this is the knowledge that's leading and guiding you. To me, that's, that's the understanding that I see listening to you. I already hear the heart's desire, the repentant state, Let's put something else there. Instead of being repentant for something we've done, let's give thanks as he's saying and yeah. move forward with the I am doing. And that speaks more than all the sorries. See, that is the praise, the incense. We're burning the incense of doing. It, you'll notice, so. too, to build on that, and I would just, uh, I, I've struggled with that this, this week, is that... <clears throat> You know, when you look at the Old Testament, if somebody was in sin, they had to go and they had to go pay the, the, the tax or they had to go pay the whatever the priest said they had to go pay. They had to go and make it right with the priest. But they also had to go make it right with the one who they sinned against. And so what that's telling you in analogy is if people say to themselves, okay, they do great harm to, to other people in society, and they say, well, I ask God for forgiveness. I'm forgiven. I mean, I, I mean, what else do you want from me? I ask God, and I'm forgiven. Well, but when did you go to the other party? When was it laid on your heart to go to the other party and prostrate yourself before them and say, I have caused you harm, and and I don't know how to make it whole, but I want you to know how truly sorry I am, and if there's a way that I can make this right, let let me do that. And and that's humility. That it takes it takes a tremendous amount of humility to lower the pride level to say, whatever I have to do to make this right, I have to go make it right. And and you'll notice, I noticed in me for years I couldn't do that. The the idea of Faith had been birthed in me that I could step forth and begin to do once I had knowledges. But the question is, is what was the intent? What was the motive which was which was the cause for my doing? Was it just in um, duty and obligation? 
And, and, and originally, the answer was yes. It was duty and obligation. But eventually, you come to a point where faith no longer, faith is no longer the husband of the house. Love begins to become the husband of the house, and faith submits to love. Right. And when that happens, you see, it's a, it's a higher level of being. It, it's, it, that is what the scriptures relate to as the Sabbath man, because the deeds are birthed out of the goodness or the seedbed of love. And so uh, while you may be true, and, and written on the walls of Rosalind Chapel is, I believe it goes like this, wine is strong, kings are stronger, women are strongest, but above all is truth. And that is a very true statement. But if your truth is not based in good, if the true and the good are not married, then what what benefits the world if you if you're out here and you know all have all knowledges, but you don't have love in your heart in regard to uh, bringing forth these knowledges for the good of society? And now, you know, Tom, Tom Selleck, uh, let me let me interject this right here. Tom Selleck gave the answer to this in a movie. Uh, he was watching a Blue Bloods deal. And uh, his uh, right-hand man, so to speak, had really uh, offended another trooper, another officer. And uh, he was asking Selleck what he would do uh, as the commissioner. And um, he said, well, you can't really go back and apologize to this man. He said, but this is what you do that beats the apology. He said, go ask him and put him in charge of doing something special and say, I know you're the only one that can do it. See, what he did was, is he put that practice of love and change, that practice of repentance, he put something in there to carry the man forward. And so if you feel this way, look for the opportunity. And when the opportunity opens, you may support and bring him up, give him something that lets him know, wait a minute, I really do like you. I really do trust you. And and your your situation will be, um, it will be like putting the balm of Gilead on it. Whereas sometimes you can go back and open up the old wound, just like, you know, if you recall a memory from the past, um, you could create a stir that uh, riles you right back up and them right back up because they're, they're going back to the original event. Well, hell, we don't want to do that. You remember, if you don't stir shit, it don't stink. But you can do that same humility and love by giving them or letting them know that you trust and you love them or you honor their opinion or, you know, whatever it is that may be required. And uh, you will be showing that true humility. No, based on that, Based on that, there's definitely opportunity where I can do, use that exact thing, and I see where you're coming from. Copy that. Well, look, I'm, I'm past my bedtime, as the man said. <laughs> we done racked up two hours and a minute. I've enjoyed it. Now, uh, MJ, thank you very, very much. I mean, you have really brought forth some really good instruction tonight. Gilbert, thank you, thank you for asking your questions. And our law fans have been in there kicking the door, too. And uh, so, uh, like I said, I'm going to throw it back to Jim. Y'all can do what you want to with it. MJ, thank you. Gilbert, thank, thank you. you. Law fans, uh, Jim, 
Thank you all. Shalom, prosper. Be in great good health. Same to you, brother. Shalom. Okay. Well, uh, with that said, I, I'd just like to share one more little thing that uh, for, for your edification, Gil, and, and, and then I think it's time to to move on unless you – obviously it's up to, to Gil, but I'll, I'll move on. And, uh, Gil, my, um, when I grew up, I grew – my dad was really, really intelligent man, and, but he had a, a problem with uh, – with anger and uh, jealousy, and um, and as a result, you know, if ever I stepped out of any line of how he 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 deemed that I should act as a boy, uh, if I didn't do it according to you know how he perceived it should be done, then there was swift and uh, you know sometimes violent uh, uh, correction. Okay. Yep. And uh, and. Uh, he would go way further than just you know um, some some dads spank their sons with belts and some you know my dad uh, would would do things that uh, in today's light would would you know he would be in jail okay and uh, however my dad was the youngest son of um, of many sons and his dad had sons so that they so that he could have labor on the farm they they grew up in a very poor way and um dad was able to raise out of that status with um knowledge and, and intellect but um his dad didn't have time for for folly and if the son stepped out of line they had to be corrected you know and sometimes that was harsh uh but you know, in the 1930s, there was no room for um, um, patty cakes, and, and people were living a very hard life. All right. Um, my dad looked at me as if he was having mercy on me compared to how he came up. Okay. But oh, yeah. I looked at it as, why does my dad hate me? Okay. Why does he always? Yep. Why does he always be mean to me? Now, now listen. I could relate, by the when, way. I when, I relate. Left, when I left his house, it wasn't until 26 years of age. When I was 27 years old, I had, I had multiple engineering degrees under my belt, and I was working as a junior um, engineer in training. And um, I, my esteem was so low that if I had to pick up the phone and call the Department of Transportation, I had to practice what I was going to say before I could pick up the phone and make the call. I literally, I'd been through the service, I'd been through positions of leadership and had taken on leadership and led me in. But when I was out here by myself and having to stand on my own two legs, I realized I had no legs to stand on. Okay? Now, it wasn't until I was in my early 30s that I began to get a confidence about myself and to be able to grow out of um, these things. It wasn't until I was in my 40s that I finally went back to see my dad. And let me tell you what I did, Gil. I didn't go back to him and tell him, I can't believe you did this and you did that and you really effed me up and my stain was this, that, and the other, and it's all your fault. I went back to him, and I humbled myself before him and said, if I had the ability to turn back time, I would have, I would humble myself and have been more obedient to you in your house. 
Well, and do you know that those years and years of of um, disagreements of the walls that we had built between each other, the years that we hadn't talked to each other, completely evaporated and were completely destroyed. That's emotional right there, Mike. Oh, it's emotional me telling you about it. I mean, I had to I feel, fight back. I feel it. I feel it, brother. I'm, you know, I'm tearing See, up a little bit over here. I could not do it of my own strength. It, it All those years when I used to sit and just over and over in my mind of what what had happened to me, you know, and I, in my own strength, I, I couldn't do it. I, I had too much pride. He hurt me, darn it. You know what I mean? I mean, he, you know, oh, yeah. he, he should pay, okay? And right. I said, and I finally came to this point where I was like, no, no, all I'm doing is hurting myself by by not letting this go and not uh, just going ahead and uh, accepting this as a reality and, and water under the bridge. All I'm doing is hurting myself. So I went to him and humbled myself and sat before him, and he looked across the table and said to me, you're one of the wisest men I've ever met. He said, I know we haven't talked in 15 years, and we had not talked. We had not said one word to each other in 15 years. Wow. And he said, you're one of the wisest men I've ever met. And Well, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. And and I'm not kidding you when I tell you the walls came down that day. And now we have the best relationship? No. But we now have a relationship. We now can meet on a plane of peace. And and I understand him. I'm a dad now. I understand there's times when you're a dad that you just feel like strangling those children, okay? I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, you know, you don't do it, obviously. But, I mean, they can make you so mad that you can't even see straight, all right? I'm with but, you. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I now, you know, in other words, I, I could... I had compassion, and I was like, okay, um, I'm I'm no longer going to be bound by this, and um, and I'm no longer going to hold him to having to do anything for me or to me, or I don't even care if he says I'm sorry, okay? You know what I mean? It's not about him saying I'm sorry, him breaking down crying and saying I don't know what compelling. No, it was about me relieving myself of all of this carried burden and um, and humbling myself, and I was the instrument which I would say the spirit used to apply the the salve, the ointment on a very hurt situation, and um, and and everything changed. So that's what I mean by the difference between um, the the impetus. What what's the cause? What what are the underlying causes which compels your deeds? You know. Because yeah. in the natural man, I would have I would have every right to sit there and say, "You hurt me, you owe me." But in the in the celestial man, the Solomon man, if we're going to build this, he's my dad in the flesh. He's my brother in the spirit. You understand? I do. All right. Well, you know what? Um, you know when when you said what you chose to say. You know, there's a call that I, uh, I've i listened to many times over. It was actually Valentine's last year. 
where you were talking um I think uh Pachui had come on the on the call and um and more than once you mentioned you know when like what when you did what you did you lay you what when I heard you say what you said, you actually laid the sword down and says, "I choose not to fight, and it was a victory of not what you expected, you know. And you used the analogy on that call on um, Valentine's Day of last year where, you know, it's like tennis. Like somebody can hit the ball to you, and if you, it's up to you if you want to hit the ball or not, you know, and play the game. Um, it's called foggy. You, you, if they hit yeah. the ball in your court, just turn and let the ball go. And It's like, have you ever heard the analogy where someone throws a rock into a, into a cave and then they're listening, they're waiting to hear it hit bottom? Well, what if the sound of hitting bottom never comes? There's no resistance. And you think about right. that in regard to your own thoughts and your own desires. If you find yourself in a state of depression, don't let anybody tell you that the world is beautiful and that everything is gravy out here. Think into that state. Accept that state. Embrace that state and hold on to it till you get to the point where something bursts into you that says, hey, it's not so bad. You know, I mean, yeah. right? And, oh, yeah. And be true to it. Don't run from it is the thing. You know what I mean? If you're angry, be angry. Think into it. Be angry. And then, you know, sit there and stew in your anger until you come to the point where it's like, uh, I don't even know why I'm angry. You know, what the hell, right? right. So there's lots to be learned when you realize that, you know, these cities, these nations, these peoples are thoughts and desires which have attached themselves to a belief. You might have a right. belief which is formed in you that you don't even know. If you never really truly examined yourself, you say, well, why do, why do I do this certain thing? Well, it's because it's based on a certain belief. I, I let 15 years get by me without talking to my dad because I believed he hated me. Yeah, and it went, turned out went, when I went and when I went and spoke to him, he didn't hate me. He just didn't know how to make it right. You know. So yeah, I went. I went eight years uh, without talking to my dad over a a little beef, you know, and and the passing of my grandmother, his mom, is actually what you know humbled the two of us, you know. Right. And and you know the thing is is. Um, I don't want to. I want to live a life where I can look at it and be proud of it. And I don't want to go around here holding, you know, anger in my heart. And you right. know, and you get out here, Gil, and you start stepping forth like Gary has, and like I have, and others have. Jim and others have stepped forward and tried to be trumpeteers and and get out here and share. And you you expose yourself. Which means, by the way, that many who would want to gore you or to uh, stab you through the heart and you know make fun of you and call you names, you just have to you have to put on some thick skin and realize that there are many who they just can't see this. They haven't come to the reality of where you know charity is the head of the house. Right. You know, faith is not even the head of their house. What leads their house is senses. They're five they're subject to the five lords of the Philistines and while they are Samson, they have their eyes have been put out and they've been made to to um slave under the yoke of those of the five lords. 
and um, and that's all they see. That's all they know. When somebody comes along talking about another way, it's weird to them. It, it's so foreign to them that it seems like you can make fun of that, poke fun at it, whatever, right? So you get thick skin, and you realize that, hey, I'm not working for myself here. Okay? Yeah. I'm working so that Christ can be formed in the one man. In other words, the grand man called called Christ would form. And what I mean by that is the first begotten son of God is the ideal state in being. The ideal man is the first begotten. And the first begotten son is love. The first begotten son of man is faith. Cain, what did it say? What did Eve say? I have gotten a son from the Lord. Okay, it was beautiful. You see, the son from the Lord that is first birthed in man is faith. But then, the second born in man is love. And love eventually comes to rule the house. All right, with that said, I don't want to drag this on much later because, I mean, no, two hours good. is about all. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. Jim? It's always a it's always a pleasure. Uh, Jim, thank you so much. Michael Joseph, I always, you know, I, I know what you're talking about as far as putting yourself out there. And, you know, some people just can't pick up on that frequency or that love just yet. I'm sure over time, hopefully it'll change, but I get where you're coming from and, you know, it's we're appreciated the across the board. We're, we're all heading in the same direction. We just take a different path. Okay. Oh yeah. Right. Yep. All right. <laughs> okay. That's what makes it, that's what makes it a, uh, a neat experience. <laughs> you know, that's what makes oh, yeah. life exciting and, and, uh, get up and go, go to it again tomorrow. You know, uh, it would be boring if we had the same path, right? Right. <laughs> That's true. true. All right. Well, I'll let you all go tonight. Go to bed. It was a again great call. Thank you, uh, everybody that got on the call. And um, you guys have a wonderful night and many blessings to to you and your family. Same to you, Gil, and the rest of you. Denise Law fan and ten, thirteen, three and eight White Wolf Fruit Bug. I mean. Thank you all for coming and be, participating, being part of it. I mean, that's what this call is all about, for us to come together and reason, to come to know the good things the Lord has for us. And we overcome that adversarial spirit is, is by the words of our testimony. And I want to thank you all for that. And uh, you all have a great night and a great week. And y'all bless you. May all your dreams and uh, desires come true that is good, good, and very good. <laughs> Jim, be sure and thank Gypsy. I know she's in there. She was having a rough time signing in. Look, I'm just listening. I was sending out the uh, the chat line, so it's on the way. But uh, right. thank you, long prosper, be in health. I love you all. I'm out. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Truth, Brug. I mean, truth, but uh, Gypsy, sorry, I didn't, uh, uh, I mean, I acknowledged you earlier, uh, and we're happy you're in there. It'd be nice to hear from you and talk to you. Hopefully you come back and be part of it and participate with us again. And we love you. Shalom, prosper, and be in perfect divine health, everyone. I'm going to end the call. Good night. And everyone have a happy holiday
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.